Good, Good morning. Amen. In one voice. Thank you so much, worship team. Thank you so much, Paula, for leading us. They, they're an amazing team of worship, aren't they? Can you just recognize them? They deserve. They came earlier than all of us came. They rehearsed. They made sure that everything was sounding uh, exactly right. And, and we're so glad that we're able to sing to God and, and declare such beautiful prayers, declare such beautiful words to our Lord. Um, did you have a good week? Yes. Who had a good week? Good. Who didn't have a good week? We're, we're a few. Okay, kind of halfway. Well, these past two weeks, I have to admit, they weren't easy at all for me. So the, in these past 15 days, um, we've been having car troubles. We bought a car in July, and ever since we bought it, there has been many, many days where we're not able to drive it because it's failing on us. So it's always going back to the car shop. And as you all know, if you live outside of Lisbon, you kind of need a car. We, if you have a one-year-old like we do, you definitely need a car to go around. So it has been affecting our lives terribly for the past months, but especially these past two weeks, we've been without our car. And this week, the... The week before, I had a, I got into a fight with my wife. That's what couples sometimes they get into. And unfortunately, uh, my conclusion about that fight was that I was behaving poorly, that I was acting selfishly, and the only thing that I accomplished was to hurt my wife. And it's, it's, it's terrible. And if, if you are in a relationship, you know how terrible you feel that you are the cause of pain to someone that you love. Jade, she's adapting very well at school, but because she got a cold or flu or whatever it was, uh, she's in a really good mood, but at night, forget about it. She's not sleeping properly, and that means that Gabby and me, we're not sleeping properly. So it's a new season about being a parent that uh, I knew about it, but another thing is to live it. And not sleeping properly, well, you kind of know how it turns out. And last Sunday, my sister-in-law, she was pregnant, 21 weeks old pregnant, uh, my brother's first biological child, but she got, her placenta kind of moved in her womb and, and she had to go to the hospital and the only way to save the baby was to do a surgery that had 70% chances that it would go well. Um, and she did the surgery, it did went well, but, on, but afterwards she got an infection and because of that infection, it was really hard to, to manage it. So on Thursday in, at dawn, she got, um, the labor started, it was an early labor, and and our baby, my nephew Matteo, was born, but he only lived for a few minutes because he he moved on and passed away to be with, with Jesus. And I can and absolutely I feel the pain of losing a, a baby nephew, but you can imagine the pain that I feel for my brother as well. So these past 15 days. Well, can we go back and restart things? 
But we've been talking about, and last week we started a message series called The Holy Spirit. And we're talking about the Holy Spirit, that he is our helper. And I don't believe it's by chance that we're talking about the Holy Spirit as our helper. Because I am in need of the helper, as I believe that you are in need of the helper. And if we are here today, it's because the Holy Spirit is our lifeline. We are living because of the help of the Holy Spirit. I'm, I need him, you need him, and we all are seeking his help together. And last week we spoke about how we enter this relationship with the Holy Spirit. It starts when we give our hearts to Jesus, when we accept him as Lord of our lives. And the Bible says that this helper comes to be with us and to live with us. It's a very special relationship that we explained last week. If you haven't heard, you can go back and listen to it. But it says that the Holy Spirit uh, empowers us with Zoe life, which means the life of God. It's no longer just our biological life. It's no longer our souls and our emotions that rule, but it's the life of God in us. And that life of God is our lifeline. Without the Holy Spirit, without the helper, we cannot cope with the struggles of life. We cannot withstand the, cha the challenges that come before us. And I've just shared the things that happened in my life in the past 15 days. But if, we, if you shared what happened in your life in the last 15 days in the past year, I mean, we would just be a sorrow fest in this place of everything that is going wrong and everything that we don't have explanation, everything that we don't know how to fix. And that is why we need to talk about the Holy Spirit more than ever. He is our helper. And last week we spoke and we focused on the person of the Holy Spirit, and today we're going to focus on the power of the Holy Spirit and the difference He wants to make in our daily lives. And we're going to read again in John chapter 14. Jesus was having a conversation with the disciples about the Holy Spirit. And interestingly, he calls the Holy Spirit a helper. So let's read together John 14, verses 16 to 17. And says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. You know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And we spoke about the meaning of this word helper that is much deeper than the English word. Uh, it comes from the Greek word parakleton, which means someone called to one's aid. Now, there are two other important truths that I want to share with you this morning um, about the relationship that we have with this helper. First, we are in need of a helper. All of us. We all need help in life. It takes a humble heart to recognize that we can't do life on our own. We simply can't. Jesus said, happy are those who are humble. They will receive what God has promised in Matthew 5, 5. God didn't design us uh, self-sufficient. Uh, there's a saying that I think we all read about. It says, no man is an island. No woman is an island. No single person on this planet is able to make it in life on their own. We were created to be in a relationship with God, with a God 
who is three in one, God, our God, he is intrinsically relational, the three persons of God. And one of the reasons that we're all going to start home groups really soon at Riverside Lisbon, it's because we need to share life together. We need to be involved in each, in each other's lives to take each other's burdens. We need the Holy Spirit because we cannot do life without God. And we can try, and I think many of us have tried to do life without God, but we do not succeed. We cannot accomplish, we cannot reach these promises that God has in store for us. And the second lesson here is that our helper is greater than us. Our relationship with the Holy Spirit can only take place from a position of humility, understanding that the one that is helping us he is greater than us. It's not a privilege for God to help us. It's our privilege to receive God's help in our lives. Some people live with themselves at the center of everything. They, before anything else, it's their will, it's their dreams, it's what they envision for their life, it's their plans. But let me tell you today, that God cannot be sidelined. He cannot be diminished. He cannot be put into a corner and just called when we need him. God needs to be, and he is worthy to be at the center of our lives. He, the, he deserves to be the ones that sets the pace, that sets the goals, because he is the helper. He is the one that will be with us at every single moment in our lives. Jesus taught us to pray, and we know this prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's all about God's will. God isn't helping us to accomplish our will. God is helping us to submit and to live out his will for our lives. So whatever it is that you're living today, Whatever it is that is happening in your life, however you are feeling this morning regarding your circumstances, regarding your problems, God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. God has not abandoned you. He is with you. And He is your, and He is your helper. He is the one that is able to bless you, to guide you, to help you, to comfort you. I don't know how I would have managed these past weeks without the presence of the helper. And still in John 14, Jesus goes on speaking with the disciples about the Holy Spirit. And I know uh, we've been talking about John 14 a lot. I don't know if you've read the chapter this week, if you got curious and wanted to look a little bit deeper into what it means to be in a relationship with the Holy Spirit, but it speaks a lot about the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is going to say something else about the Holy Spirit that is really interesting. In order for us to understand the relationship that Jesus had with his disciples, Jesus was a friend, he was a brother, but he was also a leader. He was a teacher. Jesus had this quality of a rabbi. A rabbi was a Jewish religious leader. He was someone that was able to taught spiritual truths to people 
And he was the best one at that time. No one could ever say things like Jesus said. Everyone was able to understand. Everyone that had an open heart was able to grasp a little bit more of what the kingdom of God really meant. So Jesus' disciples were in this three-year very intensive course with him. They were constantly being challenged by Jesus. They were being taken to a new level of depth and understanding and spiritual maturity. So as Jesus is nearing the time that he was going to go back to heaven and leave the earth, he points to this helper that he introduced us in the beginning of this chapter. And Jesus says in verse 26, But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. So Jesus, a teacher by nature, was pointing to these rabbinical qualities also of the Holy Spirit. This helper would continue to teach the disciples all that they needed to know. And it's interesting that Jesus isn't saying that the Holy Spirit would teach a whole lot of things that Jesus didn't speak about or knew about. No, the Holy Spirit would pick up on the teachings of Jesus, everything that Jesus taught, and would continue to teach people on how they should live. He wasn't going to start giving a whole different teaching than Jesus. He was going to continue and speak the words that Jesus had told the disciples. So one important lesson here is that as disciples of Jesus, and I hope that everyone in this room considers himself or herself a disciple of Jesus, is that our training is never finished. We're in a constant training with Jesus. Once in a while, you know, you meet really interesting people here at Riverside Lisbon. I don't know if you have that the same experience as me, but here you meet very many interesting people, people from all over the world, people that dress different than you, people that think different than you, that eat different things than you eat. Just look around, just right now in your room, who's at, at your right, who's at your left? You don't find someone that is exactly like you. Everyone is different. Well, once in a while, I'm, I engage in these really interesting conversations. And one time someone said to me, oh, I don't need to go to church because I already know the Bible. Someone else once said, I don't need to go and hear the message on Sunday because I've been a Christian for the past 30 years, so I'm good. So this kind of comment, for me, it gives away that they don't know anything about being a disciple of Jesus. They don't know a thing about what it means to be a disciple because our training is never over. First, it's a, just a normal assumption that there is no human being that knows every, every single thing on this planet. We're all learning. There will always be things that I'm going to learn from you as you speak, as you share your experiences, as you share your knowledge. So someone just says, I don't need teaching. I don't need to learn anything new. Is just someone that is, and the Bible calls it, it's being a fool. Because the Bible says only the wise seek knowledge. And we need to be wise. We all need to cultivate a learning attitude in life, even in Christian life. So with the Holy Spirit, 
constantly guiding, constantly revealing, constantly correcting us, constantly teaching us. The Holy Spirit is our helper because he is also our teacher. In his presence, we need an open heart to understand that maybe, just maybe, there's something in your life that the Holy Spirit knows better than you, and we need to have an open heart to accept his correction. That is why we come to church every Sunday, because when we hear the message, even when we hear worship, even when someone comes to speak, you will hear something that will challenge you. You will hear something that it's not exactly how you've been living and you need to make a decision. Is this something that I need to take in? Is this something that I need to apply in my life or not? Because the Holy Spirit will constantly challenge us to grow. But secondly, we can rely on the Holy Bible in order to know the truth. Jesus said many things in his ministry on earth, but interestingly enough, he didn't write any books. Usually for people nowadays, for you to be invited to speak at a conference, to go into to a big event, to have a voice, usually people need to write a book first about something. They need to discover something. And because people will read that book, they will find, oh, okay, this is interesting. Okay, we're going to give you the, the stage for you to talk. But Jesus did things the, the way around. Jesus started being with people, hanging out with people, going to dinner with people, lunch, he spoke with people in the mountain. He spoke with people in the market. He spoke to people at the temple. He spoke to people in different occasions. And wherever people were, Jesus was there. He even taught from a boat at one point. So Jesus is someone that was teaching and, and helping people understand the, the mysteries of the kingdom of God and helping people getting in to the kingdom of God. He was in those three years of ministry, he was simply very busy to stop and just write a book with his thoughts. But Jesus told his disciples, the Holy Spirit will remind you of everything that I ever said to you. Because these disciples were going to be the ones that would make sure that they would record everything that Jesus had said. So the book that you and I have in front of us, the Holy Bible, is not a made-up book. It's not something that, oh, they, they reminded a few things. Maybe they just added a few details uh, uh, on their own. No, everything that is recorded in the Bible is the holy sayings of Jesus. Is everything, is the truth that Jesus shared with us, and it's the truth that Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you want to know the truth, if you want to know what is real, if you want to know how you should live, if you want to know the reason why you're standing here on a Sunday morning, if you want to know what makes sense of this world and everything that we go through in life, you need the truth. And the truth is Jesus. And the truth is the Holy Word of God. And we always need to go back to it. Because we will receive God's life. The disciples, these men, they definitely needed the help of the Holy Spirit. They couldn't remember. If Jesus had said this to women, maybe they wouldn't need the help of the Holy Spirit. Because women, they, rem they remember everything in a conversation. You ask them, oh, how did the conversation go? They know, and then I said, and then they said, and then I said, and then they said. No need of the Holy Spirit. But because these were men, they definitely needed his help. So you know for sure 
that these men got the help of the Holy Spirit. And the words of Jesus comfort us. The truth changes us, challenges us. Doesn't matter the point that you are in your life or, or what you're going through. If you open the holy word of God, it will impact you and it will speak to you and it will challenge you because we, you need a change. Because I need a change. I need to grow. I need to mature. I need to grow closer to Jesus like never before. And all, and I get all of that in God's word with the help of our teacher, the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. The Bible shows us that one of the titles of the Holy Spirit is Comforter. And as we, as we have read in John 14, the Holy Spirit is the one that the, whole, that, that the Father sent to, in order to comfort us. And the, the beautiful revelation in this passage of 2 Corinthians is that God is the God of all comfort. God is the God of all comfort. It means that there is nothing in our lives that God is not able to comfort you. There's, there are no circumstances, there are no hardship where the Spirit of God does not understand and that He is unable to care for you and to comfort you. God is the God of all comfort, regardless of how you feel, regardless of what you have. You and I, we can be comforted by the Spirit of God. He knows how to do it. In John 14, and right after verse 26 that we just read this morning, Jesus said in verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. We can accomplish many things in life without God. It's true. You probably know many people that they don't care much for God in this life, but they still have a lovely family. You can have a lovely family. You can have a great job. You can save and have and spend a lot of money. You can enjoy a fantastic health. You can travel the world and see amazing, beautiful things and discover many cultures. But one thing, one thing that you cannot have without God is peace. People may think they have peace, but the Bible says and reveals that they don't. Only Jesus can give us true peace. What we are in need right now and today is Jesus' peace. As the Bible describes this peace, is a peace that surpasses all understanding. It's a peace that guards our minds and our hearts in Christ Jesus. And this peace is a gift of the Holy Spirit, is a work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. People can have everything in life, and, but because they lack peace, it's like they have nothing. But in life we may have nothing, 
And there are people in this room that feel they have nothing to live for. But if you have God's peace, you feel like you have everything that you need. And I've been through many seasons in my life where you can be unemployed, you can be without money, you can be without relationships, you can be in a different country, you can be living in a set of circumstances that is driving you crazy. But if you have God, and if you have Jesus, you have the presence of the Holy Spirit, you're able to experience peace. And that, my friends, is something that no money can buy. Nothing in this life can give you. Only God can give you his peace through the Holy Spirit. It's a mystery to me still why Jesus doesn't deliver us from all the hurts in life. Wouldn't it be nice if we could just, God, I need you to, to take this away from me. God, I just need money. Will you just put some money in my bank account? God, will you just snap your fingers and change, change everything? Because we know that he is powerful. He has all power. There isn't one thing that he cannot do. He can do all things. And he loves us. So why wouldn't he? And I have to admit, once again this week, I kind of struggle with that thought. Especially with my nephew passing away, God could simply save that baby. Why did it go that way? And I know that God is good. I'm not going to question that because I've experienced plenty of God's goodness in my life. So there is no way of going back to the point, is God good? No, he is really good. I just don't understand the things that I'm seeing. I, I cannot align them with the personality, with the person of God. And this weekend, as I was speaking with my brother, he reminded me of something that is really important. Even though we may not understand why we have to go through hardships and God simply doesn't snap his fingers and deliver us, at least... He is being consistent because Jesus Christ is God himself to came into this earth and he didn't save himself from the sorrows and the hurts of life. Jesus could have simply decided, okay, I'm going to go, but I don't want to suffer. I don't want to dwell in sufferings. I don't want to feel sorrow. I don't want to feel pain. But Jesus came to die on a cross in order to save us all. So when he is not saving us, at least he is consistent with his character. God is active and at work in our lives, and we see his grace, we see his glory, we see his miracles. If we are here today and alive and mostly well, it's because of his grace and love. It's not that we deserve it. So just in that, we have our answer. But even if we are praying and believing God, why? God, why? We may not understand because we are not God, but we know that he cares. He still cares. He may not do or, or deliver us the way that we envision, but he cares. Because he loves us. And he doesn't take pleasure in our sufferings, 
But one thing that is true, our sufferings will always have a purpose in God's hands. Because Jesus' sufferings had a purpose in God's hands. We have a comforter that knows exactly how you and I are feeling. God came in human form and experienced every single feeling that a human soul can feel. He knows how hard it is. But he is also the one that is able to comfort us. He is the one that is with us. And we will experience the goodness of God in this life. We will. But we will also experience the sorrows and the pain that we will find in this life. And there is no point in trying to avoid those. Because they will come. They will come. And you never know when your phone rings if you're going to have good news or if you're going to have bad news. We need to be ready. We need to be ready with the presence of the Comforter, the Holy Spirit in us. We can only withstand these challenges with the help of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, beautiful chapter, go read this, this chapter at home afterwards. It says, in the same way the Spirit also comes to help us, weak as we are. For we do not know how we ought to pray. The Spirit himself pleads with God for us in groans that words cannot express. And God who sees our hearts knows what the thought of the Spirit is. Because the Spirit pleads with God on behalf of his people and in accordance with his will. Again, go read this whole chapter at home. Read different translations. It's beautiful. It's so deep. It's so comforting to know what God is doing in our lives, regardless of circumstances, who he is, and trust in his character. But I love, I love this. It says that the Spirit comes to help us, weak as we are, because that's who we are. We are weak. And there's no problem in admitting that we are weak, that we need help, because God is the first one in line with the comfort comforter with the helper saying, I'm going to be there for you. And we have this relationship with God that we pray to him, we speak to him, he welcomes our presence. He wants to know what's happening in your heart. He, know, he wants to know from your mouth, how are you digesting? How are you dealing with things? And he says that we do not know how we ought to pray. Most of the time, I grew up in church. I think, I just think that I know how to pray. I've prayed several times in my life. I, I tend to pray more than once every day. So I think I know one thing or two about it. I think we all think that we know how to pray. Even if you think that you don't know how to pray, I mean, if you know how to talk, you know how to pray. Praying is talking with God. And we know, we think we know how to pray. If we're sick, what do we do? What do we do if we're sick? Only Gabby knows the answer to this one. It's a really hard one. What do you do if you're sick? You pray for? Yeah. Health! You pray for healing. If you're unemployed, what do you pray for? A job! 
If your relationship is broken, you pray, Lord, change their hearts. Because they have a problem. It's simple, we think. But it's not. We might know how to pray, but weak as we are, we don't know how we should pray. We think we do, but we don't. So we need the help of the Holy Spirit to pray how we should pray. The Bible says it's the Spirit that pleads with God for us in the right way for the right reasons. And maybe you have a good Christian friend that tells you, okay, you're sick, we're going to pray for healing. Okay, you're in a poor, we're going to pray for a job. And that's good. It's a good desire that people have to fix the problem, to fix whatever needs to change in order for you to be well. But only the Holy Spirit knows exactly what do you need. Because God may heal you or not, but he wants to comfort you. He wants to show you the purpose. He wants to use you even if you're going through sufferings in life. So we need his help to pray. You pray, you continue to say whatever it is that is in your heart to say to God. But remember that next to you, you have the Holy Spirit. Inside of you, you have the Holy Spirit. And he's also praying to the Father on your behalf. Because God himself knows what you need the most. So even when you don't have words to pray, and that happens a lot. Have you ever prayed without words? It happens all the time. But when, you're, when we're lost for words and we're in the presence of God, you have the Holy Spirit. He is praying alongside of you. He is speaking on your behalf to the Father. He is comforting you at the same time. So the lesson here is, if you have words or not, come into the presence of God. Because in his presence, you will find everything that you need. Continue saying in Romans 8, we're close to finishing. Starting in verse 28. We know that in all things, God works for good with those who love him. Those whom he has called according to his purpose. Those whom God had already chosen, he also set apart to become like his son, so that the son would be the first among many believers. And so those whom God set apart, he called. And those he called, he put right with himself, and he shared his glory with them. There's a very interesting thing about reading the Bible with different translations, because the Bible wasn't written in English. It wasn't the, the global language, the worldwide language, as we, I think we all can consider it to be today. So it was written in Greek, so we can translate from the Greek, and we can try to put into words exactly the thoughts of, of the original saying. And you will find English translations that say that in all things, God works for good for those who love him. But in this translation, you say that in all things, God works for good with those who love him. Because though both translations are possible, they mean different things. And I think that both meanings are true. But because of the context, I think this is the most adequate translation. Because he says, those whom he has called according to his purpose. 
Because we're not living life on our own anymore, we live according to God's purposes. And this verse tells us that God is working. God is working. Still today, he is at work. And he is working for good with those who love him. So God is working all things on this planet And he has a purpose for our lives. And the purpose that he has for us is that we work alongside of him for good. So when we do not understand our own set of circumstances, when we think that life is about ourselves and God should simply fix things, we have to understand that, yes, God is good and God is working for good, but he is using your life and he's using my life for it. And we need to be open to his plans. It's not just about us anymore. As I told before, God isn't on the, isn't on, in the sidelines. God is not, uh, we don't, cannot put God into a corner and just call him whenever we need him. It's all about him now. He is God. We're his creation. It can't be the other way around. So we need to live according to his purposes. And he is at work, and he is working with us to accomplish his plans. God not only works for good for me, he is working for good with me. And that's why the Holy Spirit also comes to help us. Weak as we are, don't you forget that you're useful in God's hands. In the middle of your pain, in the middle of your sufferings, you can still be a blessing. You are blessed because you are blessed. But you can be a blessing to others. You can work together with God for the good. For the good on this earth. For the good of your neighbor. For the the good of your family. For the good of your friends. For the good in this world. God is working. And don't you forget that you're part of this plan. Don't you forget that you were called by God for a reason, with a purpose. He set you apart. He called you. He First, he put, uh, he put you right with himself, and then he shared his glory with you. And the glory, the, there is no greater glory of God in your life than the very presence of God in your life. That is the Holy Spirit. I want to invite the worship team to come up. And as we finish this morning, and I want, I want to invite you all to stand with, with, with me. I hope I don't know what you're feeling today or the things that you're going through. Maybe you're weak and your circumstances are harder and more difficult than the ones that I live. That is very possible. We're not comparing. But one thing that I want you to know this morning, because of everything that we read in God's word, because of every single promise that we can have in God, is that God loves you. God is with you. God wants to live in you. You don't have to face your circumstances and your hardships alone. You don't have to feel desperate without 
an advice without an understanding of where you should go. You don't have to dwell in your own knowledge, understanding of things and trying to move on and then messing things up again and trying to pick things up again. You have the presence of the Holy Spirit. If you don't have that presence yet, that presence comes when you trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you haven't taken that step yet, pray, speak to God. Jesus, I welcome you into my life. I need you. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I know that you died for me on the cross. I need your salvation. Save me from myself. Save me from my sins. Save me from an eternal life without you. And the Bible says that you are saved. And at that moment, that very moment, the Holy Spirit of God comes to live in you. I pray that as we were sharing God's word and we were dwelling in these beautiful passages of the Bible that explain the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, that you will, that you will draw near of the Holy Spirit this morning. We're going to sing a song that says, Holy Spirit, rain down. And of course, this is poetic. The Holy Spirit lives in us, yes. But you know when you feel that your heart is dry, like a desert. Gabby and I, yesterday, we went to a place that was all sand. And, we, and we've never been in a desert, and we just try to imagine that we were in the desert and just trying to picture it. Of course, we were looking at the ocean as well in the horizon, so it wasn't easy. But we try to understand when you're in dry land, there's nothing. And sometimes your heart is like that. It seems like there is nothing. But the Holy Spirit can flood your heart this morning. And as we sing this song, Pray, let's pray together that the Holy Spirit will come and fall on us like fresh rain. With the very presence of God that can comfort you and me today in the middle of our circumstances. So let's sing together.